two water crises you may not have heard about. That and other stories for the week ending February 14th, 2016. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. While attention has been focused on the water crisis in Flint, Michigan, protesters recently went to Washington, D.C. in an attempt to highlight another drinking water problem, radioactivity. The pollution is caused by about 15,000 abandoned uranium mines, mostly in the western U.S. and predominantly near where Native Americans live. There never has been a comprehensive law that requires cleanup of all these abandoned mines. Companies that ran them have not been held responsible for remediation. Last July, a resident of the town of Sanders in northeastern Arizona was told that he should no longer use the water on his ranch because it contained dangerous high amounts of the radioactive element. The contamination extends beyond his ranch and into the community of Sanders. The town's school district draws water from wells where uranium is above safe levels, and now the district must rely on bottled water. The problem occurs not only in tribal areas of Arizona. South Dakota has almost 300 abandoned mines that are contaminating waterways and desecrating sacred and ceremonial sites. Charmaine Whiteface, a scientist and member of Clean Up the Mines, said her Ogallala Sioux community also experiences high cancer rates and that she has found dangerously high uranium levels in their water supplies. Last week, the Obama administration released its proposed budget for next year, and some might have expected a huge increase for funding of water infrastructure improvements given the disaster in Flint. But the administration is proposing only a modest 1.5% increase in the drinking water fund, which helps municipalities improve aging infrastructure. And even more shocking is the administration's plan to reduce the clean water fund by $370 million. This fund is used to reduce urban runoff, improve wastewater treatment, and study the effects of unregulated chemicals in water. May Wu of the Natural Resources Defense Council said in her blog that it makes no sense to cut funds to keep pollution out of water and then spend money to remove it once it's there. Peter Gleick of the Pacific Institute noted that water challenges continued to be woefully underfunded, and he highlighted the distortion of spending $100 million on one fighter jet while cutting the Clean Water Fund by nearly four times that much. And to put these water budget figures in further perspective, the Obama administration is proposing to spend $4 billion on driverless car research, but only about half that on water problems. Between 1953 and 1987, nearly one million people serving at Camp Lejeune, the Marine base in North Carolina, were exposed to water contaminated from a host of toxins, including dry cleaning chemicals, vinyl chloride, benzene, and other petroleum products. In what has been called one of the worst examples of water contamination this country has ever seen, many base residents have since developed severe illnesses, including rare cancers. Three years ago, Congress passed a law requiring the VA to provide health care for affected Marines and their families. Veterans have expressed much frustration over how claims have been handled. A panel of, quote, subject matter experts who were put in place to review cases frequently denied claims without ever seeing the patient 
or their medical records. In early December, veterans advocacy groups filed a freedom of information request for details about the identities and qualifications of the so-called experts in the review program. Soon after that, VA Secretary Bob McDonald announced plans to expand disability benefits, making it easier for vets and their families to get care. Veterans will now have presumptive status, meaning personnel are presumed to have been exposed to the contaminated water during their service. Veterans Affairs officials recently determined that 15 diseases and conditions have been associated with exposure to the water, including numerous cancers, kidney damage, infertility, and liver disease, to name a few. The U.S. Marine Corps is encouraging anyone who lived or worked at Camp Lejeune before 1987 to register at their website and spread the word to others who may have been affected. About 150,000 penguins have died in eastern Antarctica since about 2010 because they've been landlocked by a giant iceberg that floated into a bay and blocked off their access to the sea. A study by researchers from the University of New South Wales found that the birds have to waddle nearly 40 miles to find food. One of the researchers said that the penguins that are surviving are clearly struggling to take care of themselves, let alone hatch the next generation. The scientists saw a lot of dead birds on the ground ground and noticed that the area was eerily quiet compared to the past. The penguins won't migrate to find other breeding and nesting grounds, so the researchers expect that unless the iceberg melts or moves, the entire colony will be gone in 20 years. And finally this week, speaking of penguins and ocean life, we all know that whales sing songs. For those of us of a certain age, that awareness came from the release of the Songs of the Humpback Whale in the 1970s that captured the public's imagination and led to the Save the Whales movement. Although public awareness soared, exactly how and why whales sing is still a mystery. For humpback whales, for example, research has shown that songs are composed during breeding seasons and then shared across populations all over the Pacific. And each year it's a different song. It's not the case in the Caribbean, however. A new study shows that sperm whales from that sea share a distinct call that no whale from anywhere else makes. In other words, Caribbean sperm whales have an accent. In fact, scientists have documented that sperm whales there sound different from ones in the Pacific. And that's not all. These whales have specific sounds for their family units and even unique intonations for themselves. Names, if you will. Like Bob? Oh yeah, Bob Marley. And the whalers, of course. This Week in Water is sponsored by the American Water Works Association. Sustainable water management means more than just conservation. Learn more at awwa.org forward slash sustainable 16. I want to jam it